Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Howdy, folks. This is the podcast version form of our usual Friday suspects here on JJ After Dark. This guy joins us each and every week to break down the ins and outs of what's going on in college football. He is doing his research right now in a cafe because he is the professor. Let's welcome in our good pal, Johnny Massey, the professor of college football handicapping. What's up, good sir? Good afternoon, John. How are you? Johnny, I'm doing fine. From a ranking standpoint, what would you put the percentages of Alabama's playoff chances being now that they lost outright to LSU? Uh, Well, I mean, the committee put themselves in a position where they really can't lose right now with having Georgia at five, uh, Georgia at four and Alabama at five. Uh, I'm actually disappointed that Minnesota isn't higher. I'm kind of surprised Baylor isn't higher because you think of it, Alabama was the seven point favorite against LSU at home uh, and lost outright. Whereas Minnesota was a six and a half point dog at home, the number 14 in the nation by their ranking and won outright. And honestly, I think the final score flattered Alabama a bit because I don't think the game was that close against LSU. And I think uh, Minnesota was in pretty good control against Penn State for most of that contest. So I'm a little surprised where a couple of the teams behind are ranked. I'm surprised how low they are compared to the Pac-12 teams who combined have no wins against the top 25. And Oregon is continuing to get strength from their early loss to Auburn on a neutral field. So I'm still surprised with how the back some later in the top 10 uh, and the early 11, 12, 13 are uh, as opposed to the top of the rankings. Johnny, what's the bigger surprise? Minnesota winning outright against Penn State? LSU winning outright against Alabama? Uh, I would say Minnesota against Penn State, uh, especially the way that they moved the ball offensively, how efficient Tanner Morgan was against that Penn State defense, how good the Minnesota offense looked, and Antoine Winfield uh, looked very good in center field for that Minnesota defense with a few interceptions there that really uh, altered some Penn State momentum they had, especially in that second quarter. Uh, and, I mean, LSU, despite getting the seven points, you knew they were going to put points on the board. You thought it was going to be a track meet. Uh, and I couldn't be all that surprised with how well they performed against other teams on the season, such as Auburn, such as Texas, uh, such as Florida, who were better defensive teams than Alabama. Okay, Johnny, let's get to a couple of these lines. Let's start with Minnesota, because Minnesota coming off the great win, they're rowing the boat, they're all fired up, they should be all fired up. Now, again, they're in the spotlight playing a game of significance. They are playing a massive, massive, massive game coming up, taking on Iowa. And yet the respect is not there for the Golden Gophers. So how do you handicap Minnesota moving forward 
chances moving forward and how do you like their look and their feel as again a three-point dog on the road at Iowa well I think one of the questions surrounding Iowa is will they be able to score this game they're a very good defensive team and you talk about three losses they have on the season they lost at Michigan they lost to Ohio State and they lost to Penn State so when you're looking at that uh Wisconsin not Ohio State they lost to Wisconsin but so when you look at those three losses and those three games that they played and they've lost them combined by, I think it's 15 points total. So you're looking at a team that's been in it and are they a better team than their record indicates? So according to Bill Parcells, you are what your record is. So now you have Minnesota who was just reeking of a public dog this week. Also 70% of the action against the line has come on Minnesota in this game. And the spread has moved from Iowa two-point favorite to Iowa three-point favorite. So that's telling you something right there. But Kirk Ferentz has only lost to Minnesota once in Kinnick Stadium. That was his first year, 1999, when the Hawkeyes went one and ten. He hasn't lost to Minnesota in Iowa City since. So that's playing a role in this to see how Tanner Morgan's going to do. Four o'clock, which turns into a night game in Iowa City going to be a blackout for the Iowa Hawkeyes supporters. It's a tough test on the road as well. Last week was Minnesota's real first test of the season. This is their second. Then they have Northwestern and they have the game for the Ags, Paul Bunyan's Ags in the Twin Cities against Wisconsin. So this is game number two of really the big stretch that Minnesota has. The professor of college football handicapping, John Massey, he's with us right here on the fan as we get you ready for a Saturday college football the big game of the slate to me, it's Georgia taking on Auburn. Georgia, a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. We know how important this game is for them if they want to find their way into the college football playoff. Auburn going to have a big say in this, though, John. They have Georgia at home. They have Alabama at home. You take your read on the line. You think it's a fair one with Georgia favored by two-and-a-half? I think it's a fair line because I think – if you're dissecting it and you look at the strength, especially of Auburn, football offensively and getting to the quarterback and their strengths to line their linebacker core, Georgia in the trenches on both sides of the football is probably the strongest unit in the SEC on both sides. And I don't think the Georgia defense gets nearly enough credit for how stingy and how many studs that they have. And I do wonder how Auburn is going to put points up on the board I think Georgia figured something out against Florida uh, in that they were opening up the field a little bit. They were throwing on first and second down. They were getting the ball to Kaiser. They were getting the ball out of Fromm's hands quickly. And the Georgia offense, believe it or not, actually had kind of a rhythm in that game against the Gators. So it's interesting to see what we're going to have here. Now, Auburn has been tested. Auburn played Oregon early. Auburn played in the swamp against Florida. Auburn played in Death Valley against LSU. They finally get this game at home against a good team in Georgia. They will get Alabama at home in the Iron Bowl. So now Auburn's finally got these chances to face these SEC heavyweights on the plains here in the month of November. All right, Professor, final one before we get to your best bets. It involves undefeated Baylor, who, let's just say, is not feeling the love from the odds makers because they're a 10-point dog at home taking on Jalen Hurts and Boomer Sooner. And remember, this line opened up at 8.5. It is now up to 10. 
You surprised this line is as high as it is. I am, especially with the Oklahoma defense in recent weeks looking to be uh, leaking oil as it did in the Big 12 last year. Now, Oklahoma's offense really needs no introduction. It's dynamic for Lincoln Riley. Jalen Hurts is conducting it. He looks smooth. Sermon and Kennedy looks on the ground. They're off the line. C.D. Lamb, Charleston Rambo. They score 10 points better than 95% of the nation offensively, and their offense ranks in efficiency as two and a half points better than both LSU and Alabama, and we just saw what they did last week. So the question about Oklahoma is offensively. So in Baylor, I take it that a lot of people haven't seen Baylor play a lot of football this year, uh, just like they hadn't seen a lot of Minnesota before last week. James Lynch, Bravion Roy, and James Lockhart on the defensive line for Baylor. They are playmakers. They are studs. They can create more havoc on the defensive front than we could see last week with Iowa State, where Iowa State's pressure came from blitzing linebackers. So as a result, Lynch was probably going to be a favorite for the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's got seven and a half sacks on the season. That front three is going to be providing pressure. Rule's going to have a cover three in the back. So they're going to try to keep stuff in front of them. But unlike having to blitz or rushing four, when you're rushing three and you're playing the cover three, that gives you a lot of coverage in the middle of the field also. They can mix coverages below, and there shouldn't be those gaps. Should there be a break contained by Hertz under pressure, there should be linebackers there in the middle of the field to prevent it from being a big game and having too much open space in the Oklahoma offense on these intermediate routes the question that I have in this game is how is Baylor going to score? Charlie Brewer has a couple of playmakers, but he's got to make the throws in that escape last week against TCU before they kicked the 51-yard field goal. He had a wide open post route that he completely missed. That would have been a touchdown. And you're not talking about three overtimes. And you're not talking about the game going over the total of 48 in overtime number three. Oklahoma's defense can be had. We've seen that. They're a little light in the rear and the defense in the defensive line. So I expect Baylor to be rugged and physical in the trenches. And if they can really establish their running game, that will take some of the pressure off the Baylor offensive line, which does struggle in pass protection, give time for Charlie Brewer. He'll be able to take some shots on non-traditional passing downs, first and second down. Now, Oklahoma's 0-3 and won their last uh, four as a Big 12 favorite on the road. While Baylor is getting 10, 10.5 for a coach in rule, who is 9-2 and two in his last 11 as a dog. Eileen Baylor, I just wonder if they can score enough points against an Oklahoma team. We expect to score at least 27, even against a good defense like Baylor's. Professor, you give us five every week, which we respect the hell out of, because that's the way it should be. It's Vegas. It's Super Contest style. And I know sometimes you got a little dig deeper than maybe you should be digging deep. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. What's on your card for Saturday? Well, I'm not digging very deep for my first two because I like Clemson uh, laying the 32 and a half home against Wake Forest. Uh, Surratt, who is one of who is Wake Forest's top wide receiver option, he's out for Wake Forest in this game. Now, Wake Forest has covered four of the last five against Clemson, but they failed to cover last year to the extent of Clemson winning 66 to three. So I think Clemson is just on the absolute warpath, knowing if they continue to maintain the tack at hand. Uh, they will be in the college football playoff. I like them laying this big number at home against Wake Forest. Speaking of another team that expected to bounce back and get back on the path, that's Alabama. Now, this number has dropped from around 20 to 17 and a half 
as questions arise about whether Tua Tagovailoa is going to play in this game. Historically, the Bulldog D has given Alabama trouble, especially in Starkville. But those players are predominantly playing on Sunday now. Moorhead is 3-7 and seven versus the Lions in late 2018. He's 0-3 as a dog this year and 1-6 and in the role since the beginning of the 2018 season. Saban is 4-1 in his last five versus the line as an SEC visitor. I expect Alabama to win this comfortably. I don't know how Mississippi State scores in this game. When your top play is quarterback run, that might be a problem with an Alabama defense, but I think it's going to get healthy again in the name of Mississippi State offense this week. I'm going to lay the number I saw is 17.5 right now, but I'm comfortable with laying three touchdowns if it gets up that high. All right, so you're rolling with two powerhouses right out of the gate with Clemson and Alabama. You got three more for us, though, Johnny. What's on the docket. I am going out to the West Coast. I am going to the Palouse. I'm going to Washington State laying 10.5 at home against Stanford. Stanford, just uh, what an awful game they played against Colorado. And Colorado's anemic defense. Stanford's got significant injuries in their secondary. And when you have trouble in pass coverage, the last team you want to see is Mike Leach's air raid offense and Pullman on the Palouse. Uh, Leach has won three in a row in the series against Stanford. He's covered the last four against Stanford. I like a healthy Gordon, a quarterback, a healthy wide receiver core to torch the Cardinal. I take them laying double digits on the Palouse on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Back to the Big 12. I'm taking Texas. Not only because of the Tom Herman as an underdog angle, though he is 14-4 and against the spread of the dog, uh, and Matt Campbell is 3-6 and as home chalk for Iowa State. But Iowa State hasn't scored more than 10 points in their last three games versus the Horns. Texas has won those last three games by double digits. I'm going to take Texas getting seven at home uh, in in Ames against Iowa State. And for my fifth pick, uh, I had a couple of here that I was looking at. But I think I'm going to – I'm actually going to do it. I'm actually going to say it. I'm going to take Navy, get seven and a half points against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame had a couple of significant injuries last week on the defensive line. who tore his triceps. Uh, Navy is coming off the bye. Navy is three and one against the spread against Notre Dame when they are single digit spreads. Uh, and they have won three of those games outright. Uh, this is a game where I think Navy wins outright or Notre Dame wins by double digits. So I'm probably going to dabble on the money line with Navy going against my beloved Irish uh, in South Bend on Saturday afternoon. How about that? Feeling frisky with a money line play. And I agree with that logic. Notre Dame wins that game by three scores. And if it's close, I think Navy's got a great chance of winning it outright. Professor, I know you're in the cafe. I know you got 10,000 things going on. That's how hard you are researching, my friend. I appreciate a couple of minutes. We will chat again next week. And who knows, some cocktails may be in order for some early kicks. Maybe a Penn State, Ohio State, uh, Bloody Mary type affair, my friend. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with regards to this. I can't believe that we have gone through this uh, discussion today without talking about the farm burner between the State University of New Jersey, Rutgers, and Ohio State. Oh, baby, how high is that line going to be? That, that is 53 and a half right now. Oh, my I, goodness. I, I actually saw the first half line at, like, Ohio State 31, um, which I might consider investing because I don't even know how Rutgers even scores in that game. And then the mo- the the unbelievable eye-catching line of the week is Northwestern at 1 and 8 
hosting UMass and Evanston and currently laying 41, and the over-under is 56.5. Let me tell you, if you consider choosing Northwestern in that game at 41, you've got to go over the total. UMass couldn't stop you, me, and nine others. I love some so. juicy, insane, out-of-control, crazy type of lines, but with this guy, anything is on the table. Johnny, take care. We'll chat next week. Sounds good, John. All the best. They have it. The professor of college football handicapping, Johnny Massey, who joins us each and every week. He'll be back when we're doing the overnight program. We got so much on this page for this week, and it's good to be able to do what you want to do. Oh, what a thing of beauty that is. We'll have the Olax of the week posted. Um, Fleegs and Harris are going to chime in with their picks. So throughout the week, check it out. FAN.com. I mean, how good is that? Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.